to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hey nerds, welcome to the second ever episode of the Nerd Ascended Podcast. First of all, thanks for everyone that listened to our first one. It was way more than I expected. I thought it was going to be me and Natalie and our significant others, but it was way more than that. Yes, very exciting. So thank you everyone for listening to our ramblings. Yes. Uh, For this episode, it's been a pretty busy nerdy two weeks for both of us in different ways. So we have a couple different segments. We're going to talk about some recent nerd news for lots of different things that has come out in the past two weeks. Natalie went to Rose City Comic Con in Portland, yes. where she lives. <laughs> where I, I live. don't. <laughs> I do. I would have gone here. if I was cool enough to live in the Pacific Northwest, but no, I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm still recording in my closet. I mean, Omaha Omaha's cool in its own way. It's called the Silicon Prairie, and I <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I don't hate Omaha. I just hate the Silicon Prairie. <laughs> Silicon Prairie. Uh, but, I mean, it's also true. <laughs> There's a lot of tech out here. Anyway, while Natalie was at our CCCC. I think that was one I, extra C, but. <laughs> Rose City Comic Con Convention Convention. <laughs> I was in Omaha where I got the new Spider-Man PS4 game. That has taken up a lot of my beautiful, beautiful time, including right before we recorded this, I played it for like three hours. Oh, wow. And it was great. (laughs) So while Natalie talks about Comic-Con, I'm going to give an early review of Spider-Man. I'm not done with it yet. And then we're going to finish with my favorite segment, even though we haven't done it and this is the first time, but it's already my favorite, called the Dumb Friends League. What is Fortnite doing and what did you do in Fortnite this week? That was either great or stupid, but probably both. That about sums that up. <laughs> right now, we're going to talk about nerd news. Uh, the first one, this came out uh, probably like a week ago, but Aaron Paul, who is from Breaking Bad, and also The Path on Hulu, which I didn't really get into. I'm sorry, Aaron Paul. I love you. I didn't either. I'll still but, give it a try later. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a try again at a different time. But he's going to be on the third season of Westworld. Yay! That is exciting. I do have to make a note here. Or maybe I shouldn't make a note, but I, I'll go ahead and do it. I've been a bad Westworld fan, and um, we have not watched the second season yet. We're, I know, and I'm very upset. <laughs> we're very behind. Um, we have almost finished all of Rick and Morty. That was kind of our our uh, show for a little bit there and then we got sidetracked by wild wild country it's on the agenda it is on the agenda i haven't watched the second season of that or the second season of handmaid's tale oh my god we're so behind did you ever finish the second season of stranger things i have two episodes left (laughs) (laughs) oh my god maybe we'll watch that tonight it was seriously rick and morty like threw everything off because we started watching that and there was three full seasons of it that's a very Rick and Morty thing to do, I guess. <laughs> so that's where that's where we have been spending our TV time. And of course, Wild Wild Country just completely ate my brain for a while. So 
we have some stuff to catch up on. But I will. I will. I did watch the second season of Westworld uh, while it was airing. And I think I enjoyed it more than the general consensus of the internet seems to. It definitely was a little convoluted at times. I mean, it's Westworld. Yeah. But there is that very beautiful episode that's about the Ghost Nation. I You told me about that. That I think is the best episode of Westworld in both of the seasons. I, I'm hopeful and excited for the third one. And Aaron Paul will be in it, who I am excited to see again. And I know he he's a very good actor. He's in lots of other things besides Breaking Bad. He's done many different types of characters. Yeah. But I just hope he's a Jesse-like host. I mean, I would be okay with that. Maybe he will be Jesse the host and we'll just get very meta. Yeah. <laughs> be like and you can go to Methland. The coolest Easter egg ever. <laughs> right? There will be a whole park that's uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where you can make meth and outrun Walter White. I mean, people would pay for that. People would you pay can, to do that. I don't know if they still do it, but you could take a Breaking Bad tour. Oh, I'm sure they still do it. And I, I'm sure those poor people that uh, live in the White's house probably still have that fence up around it. Oh, yeah. I forgot they built that fence. Yeah. It's just people were throwing pizzas on their roof and stuff. <laughs> it's great to go see places that your favorite TV shows are were filmed and based on. I love doing that, but don't actually throw the pizza on the poor people's roof. People live there, okay? People actually live there. Also, why are you wasting pizza? Like, pizza's really not that cheap. Like, it's not. It's like 20 bucks for a decent one. Yeah. We were talking today, Kevin and I, about how you used to be able to leave 10 bucks for the kids to get pizza or whatever. Now, 20 bucks is not enough to feed two people off pizza. Like, it's not. You need like 40 bucks. 20 bucks for pizza will feed one Chelsea if I pick it up (laughs) and it's not delivery. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully, Aaron Paul being on Westworld will not. And spur another rash of pizza throwing on a roof. Uh, that's all I have for Westworld. Beyond that, I don't think they've even started filming season three yet. They might be in the preliminary stuff. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of news about it right now. But that's exciting. It is exciting. Um, a show that has come back recently, though, is American Horror Story. This season, um, I'm actually not sure off the top of my head what number of season this is, but... This season is called Apocalypse, and I don't think you've watched the first episode yet, right? I have not. Um, Well, I have. I have not watched the second episode, and by the time this podcast goes up, the third episode will probably be out, so I have a little catching up to do. But I will say I have not watched Cult. I, I might at some point, I just was not in a mental space to, like, deal with any... I didn't want to see politics every Wednesday when I see it all the time. Yeah, our own politics are so horrifying right now. It's not the time that... That's not giving me, like, the catharsis break of it. No. Break from it that I need. <laughs> yeah, and I know I know it wasn't necessarily about, like, the current situation as the main focal point or whatever, and I know some people really did like it, but at some point I'll go back and watch it. Other than that, the only season I haven't finished was Hotel. I got halfway through hotel and was just like done that one just wasn't my thing it was way too obvious what was going on here but because apocalypse is being billed as a crossover between murder house and coven which are the only two good seasons in my chelsea opinion although we both did like roanoke which i think is um 
kind of an unpopular opinion, apparently. Yeah, Roanoke is the third best for me. Granted, I didn't finish Hotel either, and I didn't watch Cult. But I think the third season, Coven, is the best, which I guess is also an unpopular opinion. A lot of people hated it. I thought it was great. It was the only one that I felt satisfied that we had made a full plot arc. <laughs> yeah, that we made it somewhere. And I knew what was going on, and it was focused. And then Murder House was is my second... Although we should not have binge watched that in like two days because I didn't sleep for a long time. No, <laughs> no, that was a that was a lot on the brain in one go there, for sure. So I was definitely excited about this season because those are two seasons I really liked coming together. Um, the first episode I really really enjoyed. I can see where people who are fans of Asylum and that those type of seasons probably didn't like this first episode right out of the gate Uh, well i didn't like asylum i i didn't like asylum all that much either if if we could have just done the alien abduction thing as the whole season that would have been yeah i would have been down yeah i i don't know i didn't care too much for that season either but um the first episode obviously was chaotic in true american horror story fashion but it wasn't like overtly gory or creepy or I mean there was scary stuff that happened sure but I can just I think some people the camp that would say they loved Asylum and didn't like Coven maybe just judging from one episode probably aren't gonna like this season as much but I really really liked the first episode and even as just a little capsule standalone episode it was really interesting Um, and it actually covers the span of nearly two years in one the episode. The first episode? Yeah. The first episode did. Um, there was, Whoa. at one point, we got to, um, we would got about three quarters of the way through the episode and a little screen came up that said 18 months later. But so yes, it did a, a little bit of a time jump, which I guess some people could see as a cop out, but I think it just told the story. There was just literally nothing that happened in those 18 months that we needed to know about. But I really like the characters so far. I think the story was very interesting. Um, And then at the end, a character that we do know a little bit from um, Murder House makes an appearance, but much older as an adult The baby. The baby. um, His name, which I've already forgot, Michael Langdon, I'm pretty sure is his name. When it was announced that this season would be a combination of Murder House and Coven and those characters coming back together, I was like, oh, hell I have to watch the show again. But then some of the pictures have like Myrtle Snow in it and the witch that Lily Rob played that I thought was also dead. But they were both in teaser photos. So I'm intrigued. In Coven, witches died and came back all the time. That's true. Everyone died all the time and came back. So that's that's kind of par for the course with them. But um, there there is definitely... And this makes sense because Murder House and Coven are the seasons that are going to be involved here. But there is definitely some satanic something that is going to be happening. Um, The one creepy thing that happened during the first episode was one of the characters who's now living in um, secure bunker post-apocalypse. Like some of the remaining people that are avoiding, you know, the nuclear fallout and... They can't leave because everybody else is a freaking monster now if they're even alive or whatever. Um, he was taking a shower and he 
could hear some whispering and he turned around and someone had written 666 in the steam on his shower. And then at the very end, Michael shows up and he has a very uh, Lestat aesthetic happening, which is, I mean, I guess that's a fit for the Antichrist. I did see pictures of him and I had the same thought. Like that guy could be Lestat in that upcoming TV show. I mean, I feel like Lestat would just be tickled to be the Antichrist. He think, I mean, he would think it would be a riot, but so <laughs> that like probably yeah. fits fits aesthetic wise, but. I think the characters were interesting. Um, I was actually paying attention through the whole episode, even though I was cooking and doing something else. It definitely kept my attention for sure. And if nothing else, I'm just curious to see when, you know, Myrtle Snow gets to come back. That's yeah the big question. <laughs> I do love Myrtle Snow. I hope she drops another Disney World reference. I always appreciate those. I do. I do have a minor concern that the Coven Murder House crossover might be limited to just Michael Langdon on the Murder House end, which is okay. But I'm worried the Coven crossover is going to be limited to like just an episode mm. because Jessica Lange is coming back for one episode. Kind of worried that the Coven stuff will be limited to just that, which would be a bummer because that would suck for them to bill it as like a crossover. And then it's just an episode. So hopefully it's more than that. Remember this is the same show that had Twisty the Clown that killed him really early. And then it was like, Twisty's gonna come back. And then he showed up with, what was his name? Edward something. And just hung out in the background and was like, hello, I am dead. Uh, But anyway, I will give it a try. I think the idea for this one is more on track for what I want out of American Horror Story. And maybe we'll like, how many episodes are there? 10, 12? Something like that. Maybe even 13. We'll check in at like the halfway point and see if I have stayed on this train or if I have barrel rolled off. <laughs> if like I, I have exited the station. Yes. The thing, the thing about American Horror Story for me is the people that are in it, the, the cast is always amazing. All of them are always wonderful. And Ryan Murphy has great, fantastic ideas. But he is a little bit like a spastic, like, five-year-old <laughs> that you really need to just, like, sit down and you got to focus for, for just five minutes. And sometimes he does and the chaos lines up while still being chaotic and it's great, which is why I liked Roanoke. But what's so interesting is people who hated it said they felt like it didn't follow a storyline. And that's so fascinating to me because I felt that way about Asylum, but the people Asylum that like was it, a mess. I thought it was a total mess and didn't follow like a plot. But the people that really love that feel it followed a coherent plot the whole time. But they tend to not like Roanoke. So it's so interesting that like people have different ideas of what following a, a plot means. I, I'm not in a master's program for creative writing anymore. I graduated a few months ago. You can put the little MA after your name. Yeah, I put an MFA in my work email. It's really great. But when I watch things, especially like American Horror Story, and I think of the older seasons, I I tend to categorize stuff when I'm thinking about that in two categories, which is if I wrote this and turned it into workshop, like the graduate level, heavy hitting workshop, if I turned in asylum, they would have told me to leave and never come back. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I turned in Roanoke, I would have gotten like, there's something here that you can work on. You just got to pull on these different parts and throw this away and maybe try switching the narrator or whatever. Yeah, maybe we don't need the cannibal family of rednecks, but yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. else is okay. So I just base it on if this was an MFA workshop, would they have told me to get out <laughs> or would they have like actually workshopped it? Oh, and you know what What else is interesting about the people who don't like Asylum or don't like Roanoke or vice versa? There was creepy stuff in Asylum for sure. I mean, there's disturbing, creepy things in all the seasons. But there were things like actual scenes that I can remember from Roanoke that like creeped me the hell out and were like yeah. burned into my brain. And I didn't think that about Asylum. And again, people who like Asylum will say there were things in that season that creep them the hell out and it's burned into their brain and not with Roanoke. So that's a whole interesting thing. But so far I am on board with Apocalypse. So maybe yeah. if you didn't like Roanoke, you might not like this one. Or maybe I'm totally wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we'll I see. Think there's two camps of American Horror Story fans. And there's the ones of us that like, everyone loves Murder House. Yeah, because it's but the then first. There's the ones of us that like Coven and Roanoke type of storylines and the others that like asylum and hotel and cult yeah and no one likes freak show <laughs> i like the first four episodes of freak show and we just are going to pretend that's the only ones that exist <laughs> so yeah, that's fair that's okay, it <laughs> let's move on yes <laughs> we could do a whole episode about american horror story so let's make a complete 180 and the captain marvel trailer came out recently Yay. and it made me super pumped and i wanted to flip a car <laughs> and like punch through a door because it was so good it reminded me of this tweet that i remember seeing when wonder woman came out and i went back and searched for it so i could find the person that made it and not take credit for it because it's not my original thought uh, but it was a user at make sauce great that twitter had handle. written yeah <laughs> that had written about wonder woman no wonder white men are so obscenely confident all the time I saw one woman's superhero movie and I'm ready to fight a thousand dudes barehanded. And it's true. I felt that way. There's only two movies that I've come out of and I'm like, I just want to punch and flip stuff and like rip the door off the hinges. And it was Wonder Woman and Mad Max Fury Road. And I get the same feels about Captain Marvel. Yes. So I'm, I'm very enthusiastic and optimistic for Captain Marvel too. And I, those are the two movies that I felt exactly the same way about. Like at the end of Wonder Woman, I'd cried at the end of Wonder Woman because you don't even realize what you have been missing this whole time. Until it shows up. Until it shows up. And I, I feel like there was definitely a lot of people that felt that way about Black Panther earlier this year. And it's almost like a historical moment in pop culture, really, for both Wonder Woman and Black Panther. So I'm very excited that I, Captain Marvel is obviously going to be uh, very important in the next Infinity War, or it's, I guess it's not going to be called Infinity War 2, but the next Avengers movie, she's going to be very important in that. So I hope she isn't, that she isn't like a ghost in the machine type plot device. So I'm glad this movie is coming out first to kind of set up her storyline so it makes sense as to why she's going to fix things. Hopefully it's not just a, well, she's just all powerful. So there's that. You know, I hope it actually like yeah. makes sense and isn't just a total cop out. Well, I have hope that it'll make sense, especially since Marvel's pretty good at 
pulling characters from different comics and being more uh, true to their storylines. And I, I honestly, as much as I love her already, I don't know Captain Marvel's comic book storyline. I don't either, but... This movie's been rumored and in production for many years. Like, I remember when Brie Larson got casted. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And then it just, like, disappeared for a while. And I thought it got shelved. Mm -hmm. But I think they were waiting to tie her into Avengers. I think so. The The last Avengers movie. When I was, and I can mention this later too, but when I was at Comic-Con, uh, one of the panels I went to was Evangeline Lilly's panel, who plays the Wasp in Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and she was mentioning how excited she was for Captain Marvel too and everything and for the Avengers movie still to come and all of that, but she said that something that will always be a point of pride for her personally is that she was the first titled female superhero in the marvel cinematic universe which i was like oh that's pretty cool like i'm glad you got to to do that but um she said she's excited that she gets to still be a part of it and she's excited for captain marvel coming out too so the second ant-man could have just been called the wasp it was very much her story yeah not that i don't like ant-man i do like him and i do love paul was great but he took a very sidekick role as he should have <laughs> in that instance. I did have this adventure's dream that in the fourth one, when they inevitably turn back time somehow, because everyone that dusted has movies coming out, <laughs> I had this dream that there was going to be my little woman superhero team that was going to fix everything, and it was going to be Captain Marvel and Nebula and the Wasp. And the Wasp got dusted, and I was sad about it because it crushed my little... My little perfect team dreams. I was kind of worried, you know, she was going to get dusted and then Ant-Man would just still be available and that was just going to be a cop-out. But he's not really available either. No, someone's going to have to go find him. Like, dig to find him. Literally no one knows he's in there. Unless our theory and some of the internet's theory about the, uh, the, the quantum realm actually being inside the soul stone. So maybe yes. he's not by himself. But... That that remains to be seen. So, yeah, that's a whole. We could do a whole podcast episode on Avengers. Yes, <laughs> and at at some point we probably will. We probably will. Maybe a little when the a little closer to when the movie's coming out. Yes, which is actually not that far away. So let's switch to uh, the other comic book universe, DC, Warner Brothers. I get a lot of nerd news from Io Nine. And they posted an article about what the heck is happening in the DC universe, specifically their movie universe, because their TV shows, even though I don't watch them, they seem fine. They're yeah. doing great. I've heard good <laughs> things about a lot of those. I I haven't gotten into any of them really myself yet, because I, as I mentioned earlier, I haven't even watched the second season of Westworld. So and you haven't even finished Stranger Things. <laughs> oh my God. It's blasphemy. <laughs> that so- was the worst one. <laughs> I will do it, I promise. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy it or anything like that. Totally not. But <laughs> haven't gotten into their TV shows on the DC end yet, but I have heard good things. But their movie-verse is a mess. Yes. And I tried to make bullet points of everything that I got from this article and I searched around online that is in some form of production. Which is a lot. 
And it's a, yeah, most of my notes for this episode are these bullet points. So the first one is Aquaman, definitely coming out in December. I'm on the fence. I might see it. I might not. It's kind of one of those movies where if we're not doing anything else, we'll probably go, but I'm not pumped about it, even though it does look good. But DC is really good at, they have a really good trailer yes. team. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll be bad. I'm just saying I'll probably wait if I do see it to see people's reactions first before I go. Yes. I mean, I, I love Jason Momoa. Uh, the next one is Shazam, which comes out for sure April 5th, 2019. And the little I read about it and the pictures actually look really cute and fun. And I think that one, I am interested in that one, but it's also very removed from the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman thing that we have going on. Yes. I don't know if it'll tie into it or not, but it's like, it, it seems like it's its own separate side thing. Yes, it does. And Shazam, if I'm, if I'm putting these together correctly, Shazam is a, a fairly old comic um, yes. that I think predated, like existed before DC and then came into DC later. But isn't Shazam's other name Captain Marvel? What? I'm, <laughs> I know nothing of this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. And I, I, will, I will not claim any knowledge about Captain Marvel and Marvel and like how either of those are related. But looking at this Wikipedia page... He is a member of the Marvel family, and his other name is Captain Marvel. <laughs> That's confusing. But they're obviously not really using that name in this movie at all, which is smart. We might have to check that with another source that's not Wikipedia. Yes. Um, like, it could very well be true. Wikipedia could have totally I don't know. made that up. But anyone can edit Wikipedia. True. But But either way, it looks cute. I might see it. I probably am more likely to see that than I am Aquaman, honestly. Yeah, because it's it's so different and it's so removed from the Justice League stuff that's been a mess um, that they've already been doing. So I'm definitely interested in that. Uh, the next one is Wonder Woman 1984. Comes out November 1st, 2019. I will be there. I would buy a ticket now if I could. It has Patty Jenkins is directing again. That's all I need. It'll be a great time. I will cry. I don't think DC will mess it up because I think they're smart enough to know to let Patty Jenkins do her thing with it and don't mess with it. And don't do the dumb thing you did with Justice League and let someone else design her costume and all of that. So don't. (laughs) Also, side note, I did find another source on this thing. Someone out there listening to this who's a super comics-like guru is probably wanting to claw their eyeballs out right now for me not know someone's like but you guys suck you are the worst you don't know what you're talking about so shazam was in fact called captain marvel before captain marvel at marvel was um in the 60s marvel comics trademarked the name captain marvel and when dc licensed the faucet shazam characters in 1972 they had the Fawcett character named Captain Marvel, but couldn't call the comic itself Captain Marvel, so they used his transformation cry, Shazam, for the title. Oh. Well, the 60s through the 80s was a weird time for copyright anyway. That's how we got stuff like Roger Rabbit. Yes. But that's good to know. I had no idea. Yeah. this I feel like there's probably a whole interesting discussion that could be had about um, intellectual property 
around all of this too. Yeah. So now that we have cleared that up. Okay. The next one I have is The Flash featuring Ezra Miller, who is The Flash in the current movie timeline. He's supposed to be getting his own movie, but it's changed scripts and directors and has literally nothing solid going on it or even a release year. So this is almost kind of like what happened to Captain Marvel or what I, f- I don't really know what happened there if it got shelved or anything, but this seems like a similar situation. It's possible that there are there is stuff happening on this movie. It's just not public, public knowledge yet. Mm-hmm. That is true. They could be keeping it very under wraps for whatever reason. Uh, the Batman standalone, I honestly don't think is under wraps and being kept close at hand. I think it's just never gonna happen my first note was no one freaking knows no no one i don't think anyone does know ben affleck doesn't know dc doesn't know nobody knows originally ben affleck was going to write direct and star then back to have directing and then his script got thrown out um and now affleck to me seems to be desperately trying to throw himself out yes (laughs) the door uh, some things will say that he's not going to be Batman anymore. Some things say he definitely will. But to me, it just seems like DC hates him and he hates them. I don't even know and at this point. And there's no official word if this movie will ever actually happen. I don't know. And I mean, Batman, obviously there's the DC cinematic universe, kind of like the Marvel cinematic universe that they've tried to create with Justice League. and. Ben Affleck is a part of that and everything, but there's obviously been several other Batmans. He's almost like James Bond at this point. Like yes. people just keep <laughs> keep coming in and taking the role. So maybe maybe that will be the case, but I know that kind of throws off if it's not Ben Affleck, what they were wanting to do with Justice League, I'm sure. And he he was the Batman in Suicide Squad. He was. And <laughs> I don't know. That'll be interesting to see what happens Who there. Who knows? Uh, the next one is Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, which I don't know how I feel about. It's rumored. I don't. I don't know if it's rumored or confirmed. I think it's rumored to have Zazie Beetz, who is in Deadpool. Oh, okay. And she's also on Atlanta. I like her. And Robert De Niro. Alec Baldwin was very briefly going to play Batman's dad, called Trump, and then backed out. I'm. I have a lot of confusion about this movie. I. I saw someone on Twitter share the the photo of Joaquin Phoenix on set and whatever, and they said every time I see any information about this movie, I'm just going to reshare it and say the same thing. What in the hell is this movie? Right before we started recording, I saw more pictures from this movie and a little video with the makeup. of them filming. Yeah, with the makeup yeah. on, and it looked like it was in a subway. Yeah. And I still I still don't know. I don't know what is I going feel. on here. What is happening? Do I want to go? Do I not? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that one's definitely happening. They're filming it. I mean, it... It might just be so off the wall that I I just have to go see it. And Joaquin Phoenix is kind of like Nicolas Cage in that. And maybe there was some sad addiction issues involved. I'm not sure. But he went down kind of a strange path. He did. Seems to be playing characters that are kind of off the wall. Yeah. But he is a good actor. So. I don't know. I just need time to decompress and think about it. I don't know if it has a release date. I didn't find one. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm what guessing they're doing. if they're filming it now and they stay on track, late 2019, about a year yeah, from now. That it seems like it's still definitely a ways off. Speaking of the Joker, 
There is a bunch of other Joker stuff that's apparently in production, including a Jared Leto Joker-centric movie, which would be very confusing now that we have a Joaquin Phoenix one. Yeah. Joaquin seems to be separate from the, like, a Suicide Squad seems to be in the same universe as Justice League, I think. Yes, because it had Ben Affleck. It had Batfleck in it. So, (laughs) and I thought after Suicide came out and was, you know, the the train wreck that it was, I thought Jared Leto was like very upset. He was. He, I think he made it very clear that they cut out a lot of his scenes. He was like done. He was. He hated it. And he didn't want to be a part of this. And my thing with Suicide Squad and with like his portrayal of the Joker was aesthetically, I didn't hate it. I, I am one of the like, few people that liked the aesthetic of Suicide Squad I think and I thought it was a good idea that he didn't even look remotely like Heath Ledger like he needed to be completely different and I was okay no, with no that. one can look like Heath Ledger's no. Joker ever again and I was okay with that I I was okay with the the like gangster mafia association thing happening here that was okay with me I mean I didn't even necessarily hate Jared Leto as the Joker but I feel like I still hated him in that movie, but I felt like there was, I've, and I say this all the time about Suicide Squad, I, Suicide Squad, I feel like there was another movie that was made that I really wanted to see that had a good portrayal of the Joker in it, and I didn't get to see that. <laughs> I don't think I saw that movie. I, we've both talked about how Suicide Squad is one of the biggest disappointments that's ever happened to both of us. <laughs> yes, and the biggest reason in it, honestly is the Joker. Really, it was the Joker and Harley and their relationship because Margot Robbie did a good job. I think she did a good job. For the most part, Harley was okay in the movie. She was okay. But just finding out that they had a different ending to that movie, or I should say not ending, different three quarters point of that movie where he shoved her out of the helicopter and she started to realize, kind of wake up a little bit and realize maybe she should do her own thing and that they edited it to where he shoved her out to save her makes me want to barf every single time like and they cut out all the other scenes that made it extremely clear if you didn't already know that that's a very abusive toxic relationship like every time I see someone share a that they they want a relationship like joking jokey joker and harley (laughs) on facebook i'm like this is bad "Ah, i cannot Uh, you can like the characters it is fine to love the characters but you should not strive for that relationship no don't idolize that relationship who knows what's going on with suicide squad 2 that's also in my notes of other joker crap going on is suicide squad 2 which for a second had mel gibson as the director and now he's not there anymore Okay. Which, if they were even considering Mel Gibson as a director in the first place, that movie is a mess. Yes. There's also Harley Quinn versus the Joker that's supposed to have Jared Leto and Margot Robbie in it. Birds of Prey, which is supposed to be about Harley Quinn and other female characters in the DC. Which is the only thing on this list that I'd be remotely interested in at this point, yes. as long as Jared Leto doesn't show up in yeah, it. Yeah, I would much rather do the Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, you know, storyline. I don't want to... I don't want I feel like Suicide Squad has just like screwed it up and I don't want to yeah. like try to fix it. Yeah, I will I will support Birds of Prey. Uh the last thing is just the mix of every other thing that's either supposed to be in production or is rumored at this point. 
uh, a Supergirl movie, a Batgirl movie, a Green Lantern. There's a little internet rumor going around that they think Ryan Reynolds will be Hal Cooper. Hal Cooper. God, that's Riverdale. <laughs> Hal Jordan again, uh, which would be both awful and great after the end of Deadpool 2. I know. I don't think he will. He's got better things to do. Uh, Cyborg is supposed to be getting his own movie and also seems to be getting cheated out on his promised movie, which makes me sad. That's a bummer. He's one of their few diverse characters, and I like Cyborg, mostly from Teen Titans, but I'm still interested in Cyborg. <laughs> uh, Gotham City Sirens, Nightwing, Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson, Justice League Dark. I just put a lot of question marks. Who knows? I don't know what that means. <laughs> And Blackhawks. Uh, the last thing I have is Henry Cavill is reportedly out as Superman after Mustache Gate happened. Like Ben Affleck, he seems to hate DC. DC seems to hate him. Uh, he reminds me of Robert Pattinson in Twilight, where he's always had one foot out the door. Pretty much. And has hated every minute he's been here. But I don't think it's been confirmed that Henry Cavill is out. But I wouldn't be surprised. No. The bro wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the mustache gate situation, when we went and saw Mission Impossible Fallout earlier this summer. And he loaded his arm gun. <laughs> which he was, that was the movie that was the cause of mustache gate. That's what he was filming when he had to come back and reshoot right. and he had his mustache. And so every time he was on screen in Mission Impossible, it just cracked me up because I was like, there's the mustache. There's the problem that, you know, caused all this. But he was actually really fantastic as the, um, well, maybe I won't give away too much just in case anyone listening to this hasn't seen Mission Impossible Fallout, but he was fantastic in the in the role that he was in in that movie. So um, I think he's definitely got a career beyond Superman waiting for him and he probably wants to go to it yeah and maybe mission impossible was his stepping stone to other stuff which good for you henry cavill i hope your acting career means leads to many great things for you because i think you're i think you're a good actor and that's all i have on this dc kerfuffle that i don't know what's happening where are we what year is it we don't know (laughs) Check back mid-2019 and we'll see what has even come to fruition. We'll see which of these have panned out. Uh, the next news I have is very short. It's Walking Dead wants to make TV movies and more new series. Cool. Don't. I could rant about how I used to love Walking Dead and now I don't for 40 minutes. I won't do it now because we have better things to talk about. So moving on to... The next one, Game of Thrones, that everyone has obviously been waiting a very long time for and you still got to wait longer, but it seems like filming for the final season is done completely. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie talked about taking off Brienne's armor for the last time and it was really emotional for her. I feel emotional because Gwendolyn Christie and Brienne are, well, one's real and one's not, but they're still two of the greatest people to ever exist in any sort of realm in the badly paraphrased words of dumbledore just because it's happening in your head doesn't mean it's not real she is my favorite game of thrones character and i know saying that means she'll probably die Oh, probably (laughs) but she is the best uh quite a bit ago actually Maisie williams posted a picture on her instagram of her wearing white tennis shoes that were all bloody and her caption was a farewell to aria and very recently, Amelia Clark got a wrist tattoo of her three little dragons, which I feel like is her symbolizing she's done and has finished filming, which I also love. It's adorable. 
that is very cute i am i'm i mean i'm obviously very excited i'm mildly terrified for this final season of game of thrones because i legitimately have not the faintest idea how this is going to end and it's going to end in a much shorter season yeah it's only six episodes yeah and i'm very worried about being disappointed i don't i don't even know how i want it to end i don't i don't even know that's true so hopefully i i mean i can't be disappointed if i don't even know what i want right (laughs) so yeah and my last news is nintendo came out to say toadette can put a crown on her head and turn into peach yes and my whole life is a lie and everything i've ever believed doesn't exist (laughs) And I don't know what to think about this. So this is my favorite piece of recent news because anytime you bring up the Peachette thing to people, they immediately have very strong reactions about it. What does it even mean? Oh, well, I, I read one article that was like explaining that Peach is like the evolved form of Toadette. Toadettes e- evolve into a Peach. And into a Peach? A peach. So, so there's not, multiple not Peaches? Not Peach, but a Peach. Peach is peachette. a... She just looks like Peach. It's so Peach is like a a group of people, not one <laughs> yeah, person. I don't even know. And so, does Toad evolve into Mario? Yeah. Does what is it? The Koopa Troopa that's green. The turtle with the green shell. Does he turn into Luigi? And what about the Goombas? Chicken Nuggets. Daisy. Da- <laughs> the Goombas turn into Daisy. <laughs> Definitely turn into Daisy. But again, I feel like a lot of this news was. What's even happening here? Same with this. What's even happening here? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I just love people's reactions because you tell them that. At, uh, we told people that were over at our house um, earlier this week about this and their reactions were the same thing. One was initially like, oh my God, what? No, no, I hate that. I don't, I don't buy into that. I'm not. No. <laughs> was that Nicole? No, it was Chelsea. <laughs> oh, she was, she was not into Shout it. out to Chelsea. That's not me. Yes, the other one. <laughs> it's our friend Chelsea. That kind of wraps up the, the very busy, nerdy news cycle that's been going on the last few weeks. Um, but as we're coming into the end of the year, I'm sure there will be lots more. So Yes, but for now, let's talk about Rose City Comic Con. Yes. I was not at this year. Um, so you got to go last year. I was sad you didn't get to come this year, but maybe next year. It was. But now I have an adult real job. <laughs> And so those I are lame. Stay here. This was the fourth year that I've gone, and overall, I think it was a really, really good show. We had a really good time. We went all three days. We actually had fast passes this year because Kevin won a fast pass through our local library, which was awesome. Um, shout out for your local library there. Make sure to support them. Libraries are important. They are. <laughs> um, so I bought myself a fast pass, and we didn't get to use it for like the celebrity signings and photos because we didn't do any of those but one of the things was that you could use it to skip the line to get into the main panel room and we never there was really never a line for the panels that we went to that we needed to skip but we did get priority seating up front in the vip section that's nice um which was honestly kind of worth it so i think they worked out a ton of the logistical issues that they've had the last couple years there was a lot more food like available in the convention center. The lines were really, in our experience, efficient. The staff that works there is always wonderful and nice. So they seem to really be like getting it together. I think the first year we went four years ago was only um, 
the third or fourth Comic Con that they had done. So this is still very new when you think about it that way. And to think about how much it's grown since the first time I went is just crazy. They weren't even using the full convention center the first time I went. And I mean, now, you know, they're barely fitting with the whole thing, which is crazy. So, and as they've grown, I think there's some good, some bad, like when you get bigger to sustain that, there's some stuff like corporate sponsorships that come in. Xfinity had a booth on the show floor this year, which they did do like some theming for it and everything. But Kevin about had an aneurysm. (laughs) He's not a, no fans of Comcast in his house, okay? And I do miss that they... They don't have some of the st- some of the stuff they used to on like Friday nights, um, when it was just a two day show, Saturday Sunday. Um, the very first year we had the opportunity to go to a Friday night showing of Nightmare on Elm Street, with a Q and A with Robert England afterwards, and it was a separate paid ticketed event. But they haven't had stuff like that anymore, so that's kind of a bummer. But it's just kind of what comes with getting to be a bigger show. On the good end, they added in two new sections. One was called Playfair, and that was more for, like, families and kids and stuff. And then one was called the Anime Bashi. Um, so they had all kinds of anime stuff. They had um, they were an official stop on the Dragon Ball Z tour, and they had uh, Japan-focused content. They had – we even went to one panel that was um, this author who's written a – illustrated guidebook to Tokyo and she did a reading of some of the stuff from there and that was really interesting to go to so there there's some good stuff that comes with the growth too um the year that you came did we go look at the retro gaming lounge area they had on the show floor yeah we did we went in there briefly and we I don't remember what game we played but we played an older arcade game yeah and they had the pinballs all lined pinball machines all lined up and everything yeah um so they had their own room in a different part of the convention center this year which i think was a lot a lot better and it um like the lights were all dark in there and they had you know like strobe lights and colored lights going and stuff so it was really cool and it just it helped with their space a lot but so that was cool panels this year were really great we got to go to michael rooker's panel which i think was probably one of the best ones because the first thing he did when he got out there, rather than sit nicely with the host to take questions from the people in line, was get off the stage. And Yeah, your picture was great. <laughs> yeah, and he walked through the audience. Um, he did take questions from the people at the microphones, but then he went and asked random people questions. Um, I mean, he just, he literally did what he wanted. Part of me really wondered, uh, and I think he's just kind of like that. I think he's just kind of a fun guy, but part of it, I was like... I was worried when we went to the panel that someone was going to ask him about James Gunn. Oh, yeah. You know, I figured maybe he had like an answer prepared for that. But part of me was like, he took total control of the situation. So no one can really ask him about James Gunn. And someone did ask him who his favorite director to work with has been. And he he did he gave a funny answer that was a non-answer and laughed and he said well if you haven't figured it out by now I never answer the questions that are asked of me oh that was a sticky question because he could have said James Gunn and that could have brought up stuff or he could have not said James Gunn and then somebody's gonna ask him well why wasn't it James Gunn so yeah that was a 
a good way to avoid that altogether. But he just seemed like a very genuine person who really wanted to actually hang out with people. He sat down next to some lady and had a drink from her beer <laughs> that she had. <laughs> like He was just all over the place. So that was a good time. Um, I mentioned earlier we saw Evangeline Lilly. She just had a children's book come out. So her panel was a lot more structured that as someone who works in PR, I very much appreciated the work I could see that her publicity team put into this because yeah she's got to promote her project yeah so they had a a full screen that had clips from the book and the process creating it um as soon as we sat down someone I'm sure some amazing cute little intern came out and was like thanks for coming to Evangeline's panel and gave us these little flyers that had information on the (laughs) book and the first half of the panel was not questions from the audience it was all about the book so like I just liked the structure there and we also saw one other point from panels was we got to see Carl Urban who tried to come last year and had to cancel um, because of a family emergency and he mentioned that he is currently either in pre-production for or filming um, a Netflix show called The Boys and it is about a group of I'm not sure if they're police officers or some other group but they uh they live in a world where superheroes have not been great they've been bad and done some bad stuff so he's part of a group that's in charge of rounding up the superheroes basically i love carl Orban. yeah so that sounded super super interesting we didn't get to see linda blair unfortunately she didn't do her panel at the last minute which was sad but overall i think the community in portland's just so nice and so welcoming and so it was just a good time. So definitely looking forward to next year. And I definitely want to do a cosplay again next year because we didn't, we haven't the last two years now. Local and smaller comic cons are such a good time. And really the one in Portland is not that small anymore, but they all feel small compared to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, they all feel super small compared to that. Most of them get pretty big people if that's what you're interested in and they showcase local artists and creators a lot i remember when we went last year we met that family that all published books and made slime and we met smaller people like we met a lot of local artists and it was a good mix of seeing like really big people like i got to see tom freaking kenny (laughs) three hours of tom kenny (laughs) which is one of the greatest things that i've ever done but i also got to meet people who are creators like I try to be but still have like a day job and they're trying they're doing their work life and their creative life at the same time which is super cool and I think if you're interested in buying new art for your home instead of buying like a stock thing at Target or Walmart you can go to a comic-con and get some really great original art that's not that expensive because I got you that Oh, what was his name? Jonathan Sundy? I can't remember off the top of my head, but... I got Natalie and Kevin for Christmas last year. Um, a piece of art from an artist we saw at Comic-Con. It's a beautiful toilet that's very happy and it says time to potty. And I found him at that Comic-Con. We got we saw him again this year and we got um, a matching piece to go with it that is a toilet roll toilet paper roll and says let's roll on it um his website is jollygoodgang.com if you're interested in that 
We are not sponsored by him, but he's just a really good artist. If, and you, everyone needs some art in their bathroom. Yes, of course they And this do. is perfect. And they, he has some not bathroom related yes. art as well. He, he had a lot of like <laughs> kitchen breakfast related ones too that were cute. And we also got to talk with the people at Stranger Comics again this year, which if you haven't looked into them yet, you definitely should. They have... Well, they have several series going on now that are all kind of in the same universe, including um, The Untamed and Niobe, who Niobe is a, a really awesome, strong female character in comics, if you're looking for that. Um, the great thing about them is every year that I've gone and talked to them, Sebastian Jones, who is one of the main people behind that, one of the main creators and authors, he's always at the booth. He's always signed the pictures I've gotten and the um comics that I've purchased and he is just like the nicest person um and he will take time out of an obviously extremely busy schedule to sit there and talk to you and he's just thrilled that you want to read his comics um Niobe um some of the comics specifically focused on her uh, have been created in conjunction with Amandala Stenberg who's huge yes and so some of the artwork of Niobe there's all kinds of different artwork that they've had from different artists but some of the versions, Niobe um, looks like a mandala, like she was the character model for some of them. And the the newest edition of um, the Niobe kind of collected omnibus hardback has a, like, I don't want to say testimonial. What's the word I want? Basically just like a, a foreword from Viola Davis, who's also huge. Yeah. So they, they are definitely going places. They do have some stuff on Kickstarter right now that you can support. So it's really cool that I've come across them the last couple comic cons because I feel like I found someone, like I got in early. Yeah. Like I feel like this is going to be big stuff down the road and I'm going to be able to say like, oh yeah, I talked to Sebastian at Pro City Comic Con <laughs> and stuff like that. I talked like to that. Sebastian every year. He is a nice dude. Yeah. He signed a poster for me last year as well. Yes. So I framed it and hung it up. And I've, I got a new one this year. So tell me about this Spider-Man game because I have not played it yet. So I need to know, is it worth purchasing? Should I download this right now? It is 100% worth purchasing. It's the greatest thing that's happened to me in a long time in terms of, in terms of gaming and stories. I have not had a good story mode game in a really long time. Like online multiplayer is great. I mostly, I don't like to play with people I don't know, but, you know, I can play with you, I can play with Ryan, but I love a good single-player campaign story mode because I love stories, and video games have, like, a, a good ones have, like, a complete plot going on, and I love Spider-Man. He is my favorite superhero of all time. I don't think that'll ever change, and the game is so beautiful. I'm only about 30% in. I know my notes that you have say 20%, but I've played a lot since I wrote those <laughs> and yesterday. <laughs> but my pre-review, my early review would be easily a 10 out of 10. It's super beautiful. It's easy to get used to. It's easier for me to keep track of like learning new moves and getting new skills and getting new suits. There's a ton of different suits. Today, I finally unlocked the Stark suit, which is the one from 
Spider-Man Homecoming that Iron Man makes. Actually, both of them are in there. It's like his his more plain one. And it comes with a Spider-Bro, which is your little symbol pops out like it does in Homecoming. And he, he'll fly around and take out people for you. And I also have the Iron Spider suit, which you unlock pretty early, which is the one in Infinity War. I, something this game does, I think, is quite difficult, but they pull it off well, is they tie almost all the Spider-Mans you know from Tobey Maguire to Miles Morales together in some way. Like I told you last night when I was playing, I teamed up to do a mission with this really nice cop because all the other cops in the game just kind of tolerate you. Like, if you walk up to them, they'll be like, it's fine, Spider-Man, we got it, go away. And they won't really talk to you besides your police um, friend named Yuki. Yuri? Not Yuki, Yuri. But you do a mission with this police officer named Jefferson Davis, who's super nice. While you're doing the mission, he, like, Spider-Man asks him, you know, why are you kind of like, want to hang out with me? Police officers normally don't want to actually do stuff together and he's like oh well my son really loves you and then he'll tell you about like my son is also really smart and he likes to create stuff and so I was thinking I was like your son is Miles Morales isn't he it has to be and then when I was playing today Miles had a cameo and I just finished a mission thing and there was this kid standing with his camera they're having a ceremony a medal ceremony for his dad for the mission that we did together because he saves you from dying spoiler alert (laughs) like you would not have made it without him so the town osborne the mayor is having a medal ceremony for him his dad miles's dad calls him and asks you know where are you are you coming to the ceremony he's like yeah and it's a great little cameo um there's also this is not new if you follow this game on the internet at all people found out you can say hello to citizens in New York and one of the cycles is the finger guns which comes straight from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 when he was emo Spider-Man yes (laughs) and like the suits tie into different eras of Spider-Man and different comic books and it's just really great and intricate and there's a ton of side missions which are my favorite things it's why I haven't progressed the story anymore Uh, we have a friend that last week he got he bought a PlayStation and the game on Friday and had finished the storyline by Sunday. I have not done that because I'll do one little part of the main story and then I'm like, I need to collect five backpacks, I need to take landmark pictures, and now I'm looking for little black cat statues from Black Cat. This sounds super fun. It is super fun. I also do science for Harry, um, like fixing pollution. And I found my little spider bot. And there's just like a ton of little side things for you to do. It's very fulfilling. And I feel satisfied after I've played it. Something that helps me is you can change the difficulty at any time while you're playing. Like you're not locked into whatever you started with. And as much as I love games, I'm not that good. (laughs) So I started on normal. And I was not good. And I could not beat Fisk, who's like the training boss <laughs> so i had to level it down to easy which is also known as friendly so i'm a friendly neighborhood spider-man <laughs> that's so cute but, yeah i'll probably change it to normal here pretty soon maybe or i'll leave it on friendly because i'm because why not it, yeah it's not like too easy for me and i want to progress the story i don't want to get stopped 
somewhere that I can't ever be and I'm just constantly trying to do this one thing over and over again and I'll get frustrated and then I won't finish it. Yeah. But I want to finish the whole little story. My 30% in review is 10 out of 10 best game of the year. You should definitely play it even if you don't like Spider-Man. So it's it it's good for everybody. It is good for everybody. And the other thing that I did not mention that you've probably seen all around the internet too is the J. Jonah Jameson podcast. Oh, yes. That he has on there. And it's really great uh, because he's basically Alex Jones. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it fits. It's, yeah. And every time you do something, his little podcast shows up and you listen to it. And he somehow twists everything to be blamed on you. And people call in and are like, no, he saved my husband from being crushed in a car or the damage on that. That was a abandoned building. There were no civilians there. You're wrong. And he'll just freak out and (laughs) and he'll yell at people. And he has an intern named Jared. If you follow the social media feed, which is basically Twitter, he'll post on there all the time. It's just like there's so many little small details. There's a social feed account called Fake JJJ Podcast. That's like people that make um, satire Trump Twitter accounts. Oh my god! They just make fun of him, and that one will pop up on there. It's that's amazing. Really great. What a great <laughs> level of detail. So most of my gaming time, the last like month and a half, two months almost now, has been in Fortnite because. Um, I'm, I guess, a relatively new Fortnite player, thanks to you. Season 5 was my first season actually playing Fortnite. So this uh, segment that will probably be a reoccurring segment, since Chelsea and I like to play Fortnite together online, we yeah. have, we'll have plenty of content to talk about with Fortnite, is something we're calling the Dumb Friends League. Now... If you're someone that lives in Wyoming or Colorado, you probably have heard of the Dumb Friends League before, which is actually a great nonprofit that does some really great work with animals in the Denver area. Um, And they've been around a long time. And previously, dumb wasn't necessarily used in the same way that we use it now. So, you know, animals can't communicate the same way we do as people. So they were your dumb friends, right? (laughs) It's kind of the essence (laughs) there. But my inner 12-year-old always thought it was hysterical that they kept the name because, you know, I, I just couldn't be adult about it. But I mean, um, my outer 27-year-old <laughs> still thinks it's, still thinks it's funny. hysterical. But they do some really great work in Denver. So if you're around there, definitely support them. We call the Fortnite segment we have the Dumb Friends League because it's something that we started saying when we were in the 50 versus 50 mode because people on your own team tend to troll you and try to kill you if they can, even though there's no friendly fire in the game anymore. But we also call it Dumb Friends League because I just kind of suck at this game. <laughs> so that's that's where the, the Dumb Friends League comes from. But by the time this podcast is up, season six will be either happening or just about to happen. It comes out on Thursday, September 27th. If this comes out before that, don't plan on playing it on that day. If you live in America, if you live in other countries where it'll come out earlier, you might have a little bit of time before it inevitably gets overloaded and crashes. What were your highlights of the past two weeks of playing the Dumb Friends League? So I can't remember exactly when Getaway Mode went away, but I think it was fairly recently. But I really liked Getaway Mode because I think it it really spoke to my style of playing, which is 
I'm sure, annoying to other people, but my style of playing is definitely taking the survival part of Battle Royale seriously. We are bush campers. We are, and I'm proud bush camper because you know what? <laughs> I have... You need a shirt that says proud bush camper. I, do, I may not have a solo win, but by God, I have got plenty of top six and top 12 in solos and squads just doing a squad of one because I can outlast and hide like nobody's business. Now, when you find me, I'm probably done for, but I can hide for a long time. And so I really loved Getaway because one of the challenges was dealing damage to opponents carrying one of the jewels on their back. So I really liked getting a sniper rifle because I think they appeared more frequently in Getaway mode and just camping out by one of the vans, the Getaway vans, and just shooting people repeatedly (laughs) while they were carrying the jewel. So I really loved that. But Kevin um, was playing... Kevin the husband. Kevin the husband, not the cube. And (laughs) he managed to last through that game till there were just two other people. Only one person in this game had gotten away with a jewel. So there were still vans and jewels and all of that. One guy died in the storm and then Kevin uh, snuck up and eliminated the other guy. So now he's literally the only one there, but he hasn't gotten away with a jewel. So the game isn't over. So he went and successfully picked up a jewel, got in a golf cart, drove all the way back to the van, built his way up next to the van, super excited because now he's going to get a win and get away, and tried to jump on the van, which I, from looking at Reddit, was apparently a common problem for people the first time they got to that point because, like everything else in Fortnite, you have to hold square to get on the van instead of jump. And Kevin jumped, fell to the ground, and died. And he... (laughs) was very upset i was in hysterics because it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen in my life (laughs) but uh, okay apparently that was a common problem in getaway but so that was a highlight for me my personal highlight was you know as someone who's a bush camper and likes to hide up on mountains with sniper rifles and just take people out i not only have actually gotten to the point where i successfully hit people in the game and deal damage which is great super excited sometimes i've actually eliminated people so I'm like yeah. super pumped about that. The best one was I landed in Lazy Links, which is wide open. There's nowhere to hide over there. I don't know what I was doing, but I landed over there, managed to pick up a chest and there was a, a purple mini gun in it. And that was the only gun. And I was like, oh, freaking great. What am I supposed to do with this? Because they, they're loud and they take forever to start up and they're hard to control. So I was like, well, this is stupid. And I was running through the basketball court and lo and behold, there was someone crouching there just hiding and they had their back to me so I just like backed up as far as I could started that minigun (laughs) just started shooting (laughs) and this poor person was like jumping everywhere and they couldn't figure out where I was and I got them I eliminated them with a stupid minigun I was super proud and I died about 30 seconds later but (laughs) good job it was good at the time (laughs) me the past couple weeks my highlight was also in the getaway mode I was playing with Ryan and one of our friends and we dropped into, Ryan calls it the container store. It doesn't have a name. It's the place with all the shipping containers. It's a good name It's one for of it. his favorite places to go. So I've been there more than most other places on the map. It was pretty close to one of the llamas. And so there was a bunch of people in there. And normally when that happens, I die 
like first. I'm the first in that area to die. This time I managed to get that uh, suppressed assault rifle. Mm-hmm. That's gold. And it was just laying on the ground. And I got that. And Ryan got taken out. Our friend got taken out. And I got three eliminations before someone got me. One of those, they did not have a gun. Like, they had no defense, but I got three, and I was super proud of myself, and then someone took me out, and I did not care because I was a monster. I mean, that is an achievement. (laughs) It was an achievement. And my other one was when I was playing with you recently in 50v50, and I got a kill with a sniper rifle. I know, that was exciting. So I'm still, I'm still pretty bad at this game, but when I do play for an hour or two, I... I'm starting to average at least one elimination a night. Not a game, a night. <laughs> but we're, make, we're making progress. We are making progress. Yeah. As far as the season storyline goes, I am very disappointed. <laughs> well, and you played, was season four your first season? Season three was my first one. So yeah, and so season five was my first one. So I didn't really have a concept of what the storyline during a season would be like. So to me, this was all extremely random. There was there was the crack in the sky, and then there was a cube. <laughs> so, well, I mean, even as someone who followed through seasons three and four, which had such a great storyline, I felt the same. I was like, we got to the crack in the sky, and then it pooped out a cube. Because season three had this meteor shower storyline that was really great. It took out Dusty Depot. That's why we have the divot. It took out a med- or a building in Tilted Towers. It took out the jail. That progressed into season four, where we had superhero layers popped up. And then you could follow the storyline through the loading screens that you as you unlocked them. Oh, that's cool. As a new week started. So it looked like there were superheroes and villains. They were the skins that you could get. Some of the skins you could get. But then this, the loading screens made it or revealed that they were actually filming a movie. They weren't oh. real heroes and villains. But one of those meteors from season three brought this dude called The Visitor, which was another skin. He landed in the depot or in the divot in his meteor. He came out. He went to get the rocket from what the super villain lair that was supposed to be at this point just... A movie set he got to that rocket and then he got in it and set it off and that was the big rocky event that i did get to watch i was super lucky i was in a 50 v 50 mode where everyone was chill and no one killed each other so everyone could watch it and that's what caused the crack in the sky and that was near the end of season four so there's all this speculation of what does the crack mean? Does it is it going to lead to like another world? The start of season five was super good because they put the Durberger and the llamas in real life. And if you found that Durberger in the desert, you could go to the fake cop car and he'd give you a number to call. They had someone play um, Drift and he got like sucked through a rift into the Fortnite world. It was super great. And then it just suddenly everything died and there was no storyline going on. And I feel like we got to week seven or so and they were like, shit, we have to do something. Start to close up the rift, which is disappointing because what was the point of the rift? Yeah. If all it did was poop out a cube named Kevin (laughs) who rolled around and left farts 
<laughs> basically everywhere that you could jump around in and then he melted into the lake and now we're a few days or four days at the time of this recording from season six is it just gonna start and there's no like no event progression or anything i don't know i know it's a free game and the game is still really great i was i was just so excited that this game was putting so much time into a storyline when they didn't have to yeah and i we obviously don't play save the world mode we just do battle royale that's so true yeah i don't know if there's you know if more stuff happened in save the world and conceivably it it could have but the kevin the cube um the fortnite battle royale subreddit they epic is involved in that subreddit and people started posting so frequently about the cube with questions about the cube or whatever that the auto mod they had on there was deleting posts that referenced the cube because it was just too much so people started referring to him as kevin <laughs> so that their posts wouldn't get deleted but it seems to be something that epic had picked up on too but kevin just kind of flopped his way around the map and then went into loot lake and dissolved now the lake is all bouncy trampoline which if that stays is i, I which i don't know if that stays that's fine by me because i hated that stupid lake anyway because yeah and it's more fun as a giant trampoline. yeah as someone who can't build literally to save my life in that game I appreciate that I can now just bounce across the lake instead of trying to hop my way across or build or do something annoying like that because yes. I'm just a sitting duck the entire time. <laughs> so the bouncing is a little more fun. I like the no gravity areas around the runes that he left. I know a lot of other people hate them, but I kind of like bouncing around. I'm assuming those aren't going to stay. I'm assuming the rifts aren't going to stay, which is kind of sad because those are nice to have. But I don't know. I saw a theory on Reddit that said i'll have to send you a link because it was a very long theory but it involved the visitor still being around and being inside the cube and him trying to get over to the lake to dissolve himself out of the cube so who knows (laughs) maybe the greatest thing that came out of this season was that glitch that you sent me on reddit which the fortnite reddit is one of the greatest things that exists (laughs) yes (laughs) but there was a glitch that someone it didn't happen for everyone, but someone managed to catch a video the cube basically resetting back to the desert out of the lake. But in the video, it just Kevin the cube just comes right back out of the lake and lake and just goes flying into the sky. <laughs> and it's even making the the it's noise. The noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. So I'm kinda hoping maybe there'll be more of a a storyline for season six it seems like it's gonna have something to do with magic maybe given the like the dragon glider which i yes spent money on <laughs> to purchase but it's it's great and now they just released the clown skins and they went creepy clown yeah they went super creepy with that <laughs> so they might as well have just made twisty yeah and pennywise I mean, that would have been cool, too. Maybe there will be a Pennywise mode, like there was a Thanos mode. That would be really fun. And it, you just have to... That would be terrifying. In addition to, like, trying to survive in solos, you also have to avoid Pennywise. That might actually be horrifying. I take that <laughs> back what I said earlier. Maybe not appropriate for the younger crowd that plays Fortnite. No, Fortnite has a very large age demographic. Ryan did make a good point about Fortnite um, with... Not so much Battlefield 5 comes out soon and it has a Battle Royale mode, but it's more Call of Duty comes out in November, 
I just wrote this fall. That's not helpful. Sometime in the next couple months, Call of Duty has a new game coming out with their own Battle Royale mode. And I really think Call of Duty's version might be a rival to Fortnite in a way that they haven't had to deal with before. Because they are king of Battle Royales by far right now. Yeah. I mean, there's PUBG or whatever, but... Yeah, but they're they're not even touching Yeah, where Fortnite is. But the Call of Duty one, Call of Duty has a very large, very dedicated fan base that has been playing these games for years. And people that have played around in their Battle Royale mode early have all said, like, it's really smooth and it's really great and it's really fun. Basically, what I'm saying is, Fortnite, please give me back my good storylines. Yes. <laughs> because Call of Duty may actually give you some competition. Do you think that Fortnite would still kind of have a corner on a certain market in that Call of Duty is obviously a lot more realistic uh, and that includes more realistic like gore oh, and that sure. kind of thing and which is which is fine but Fortnite it's it's uniqueness is kind of in that it's more cartoony and it's not and it's a little goofy and it's goofy it's silly it's it's more cute it's not um there's not blood you know there's not things like that. So I don't know if maybe they still have, if they'll still have a certain corner of the market. Like that's what made Fortnite more approachable for me as someone who has never been good at first person or third person shooters and has always had kind of an aversion to playing online with people because people suck. Yeah. And, you know, I I wouldn't have just jumped into Call of Duty, but Fortnite was so much more approachable. I could actually start to learn, you know, some skills in games and um, shooter games that where I might actually try Call of Duties when it comes out because I feel more comfortable now, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah, that's definitely an advantage they have over any battle royale mode anyone has I can think of because they appeal to a very wide age range and they're allowed to and people with younger kids, like a lot of young kids play Fortnite, but they probably you know they might not give them access to call of duty or battlefield um even just watching ryan play battlefield one this is coming from me that's played like one of my favorite games of all time is grand theft auto 5 yeah very violent game but watching him play battlefield one after only being exposed to fortnite for so long i was like this is so bloody and (laughs) like you shot that dude and there was blood and you're like clutching my pearls a little bit i was clutching my pearls while i was playing my (laughs) spider-man game which does not have a lot of blood yeah which and i i don't mind games like that either obviously like you know you said one of your favorites was grand theft auto 5 but i like that in fortnite i like that it's just i don't know it's just more approachable on several levels but once call of duty does their battle royale release i'm sure they'll be competing for the intention of uh a lot of like the professional gamers and streamers yeah which the is, ones that make videos yeah and make the money for yeah. these games so that'll definitely be a, a challenge there so and some of them have already played like the beta versions of battlefield and call of duty so i mean it's coming epic might not be able to coast no they'll definitely they'll have to put some more effort into setting themselves apart so i think that's all we have for this week. There was a lot happening in the last two weeks, but all exciting stuff. A lot of time sitting on my couch the past yes. couple weeks. 
And I think after we're done recording, I am in fact going to go sit on the couch and play Fortnite. <laughs> I know. I think we're so, going to make dinner and play Fortnite. So well, I'll probably see you there. I'll probably see you there. And if anyone listening to this podcast in a few days is into Fortnite, we'll probably see you there too. Uh, we'll be back in two-ish more weeks. It'll be October then. We have some haunted house, horror movie, horror game plans for the podcast. That'll be really fun. Fun and spooky. Yes, and now we will finish Strange Things Season 2. I will. <laughs> That's everything for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye, nerds. Com. And ratings are always appreciated. <laughs>